Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Great show on tap for you guys today. I will be joined later on by Josh Kendall of The Athletic. He does a great job covering the Atlanta Falcons. And we've got quite a bit of news to get into on today's episode. Not going to be so much matchup oriented because even though the Falcons still technically have a shot at the playoffs, it just doesn't feel like it, right? So we're not going to talk Colts really at all on this podcast on today's episode. We are going to get into a lot of the existential questions kind of facing the Falcons franchise is Arthur Smith going to be back in 2024 the big news out of Wednesday the Falcons deciding to bench Desmond Ritter again for the second time this season and go to Taylor Heineke so what do they do at quarterback um, you know what were the reasons behind that move at quarterback and and kind of what does it mean for the rest of the team so that is really going to be the main point of discussion for Josh and I on today's episode but again, that's really all that matters uh, at this point in time for the Atlanta Falcons are some of these bigger, more existential questions. So for that reason, not really going to have too, too long of an intro. It's the holiday season. More on that uh, at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned for a little bit of an update for just our holiday schedule um, and all of that. So we are going to get into today's episode. But first, the only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and the fine people over at Bet Online. With the NFL, NBA, and college football bowl games in full swing this holiday season, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds news and info. Bet Online has all of the sports wagering info you need with both desktop and mobile access. So head to their website today to get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, so I I said no kind of game-related info. Well, I do just want to give a quick injury update before we get to Josh. So Keith Smith, Bud Dupree, full participants during Wednesday's practice. Um, Limited participants, all offensive linemen, Chris Lindstrom, Drew Dahlman, Jake Matthews, um, obviously getting... Two of those guys back, Uh, Jake Matthews looked like he was hurt and and kind of struggling a little bit there, but getting Lindstrom back would be huge. Uh, And Drew Dahlman has been pretty solid, I think, for most of the season, even though the snapping issues continue to be kind of a a big deal. But they're being, you know, regardless of, of who's at center, the fumbling issues are happening. So I think Drew Dahlman has played pretty well, all things considered, in 2023. So getting him back out there. Huge. And then Caleb McGarry and David Onyemata did not participate. So again, who knows if we're going to see those guys back out on the field. Uh, they're definitely missed. Obviously, David Onyemata would have been really big in, in either of these games. Uh, so that that is a tough loss for Atlanta. And then Caleb McGarry, again, being out, did not help the Falcons on the ground. So that is the injury update Heading into uh, week 16, man, the uh, season is flying. Let's go ahead and get into my conversation today with Josh Kendall. 
Very excited to be joined now by Josh Kendall, who does an excellent job covering the Atlanta Falcons for The Athletic. You guys can follow his work, uh, obviously, at The Athletic, but you can follow him on Twitter at Josh The Athletic. So, Josh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having me. All right. I really just, you know, want to dive right in. Why, why do you believe the Falcons made the decision to once again move away from Desmond Ritter? Because I've I've been thinking about it a lot today. And really there's kind of three reasons, I think, and each of them different, but that would make sense if if this was, you know, get you get some truth syrup into Arthur Smith and and you kind of get it out of him. And and one would be legitimately they feel like they can still reach the postseason and that Taylor Heineke gives them the best chance to do that. Uh, the other would be you just cannot roll with Desmond Ritter again after, you know, it's almost like he forced his hand a little bit with just the same type of mistake in in that situation that loses them the game to the point where the accountability message in the locker room starts to weaken if you just say, well, okay, he can keep doing this. So that's the second reason. And then the third, which I tweeted a little bit about today, would be that Arthur Smith just has to show something from this offense over these final three games to really, you know, help make the case for him remaining the coach in 2024. That's just what what I thought the possibilities could be. But obviously, you're much closer kind of to this situation. So what do you think? Why do you believe they, they made this change again? I think that every point you made has got some validity. And I think like most things, it's it's not just one answer, it's a lot of answers. And that's, um, and all three of those are involved. I, I think if, you know, if I would start with, it's just the turnovers. You just can't keep turning the ball over. I would go, I, I think that, I think that Arthur Smith believes that Desmond Ritter's confidence is at a point right now that um, it, he's just not, he, he doesn't give you the best chance to win. And I'm not sure that that he, Arthur Smith believes that the Falcons, the team around him, is fully confident in him. Yes, the Falcons, you know, still believe, sincerely believe they have a chance to make the playoffs. And they do have a chance. But I don't think that that's driving the bus here because I think everybody in that building, if you gave them the truth serum you're talking about, would acknowledge it's not a great chance and – it's so far into the future from where they are. Like they've just got to win a football game. They lost to the Panthers. They've, yeah. they've got to just not be bad. Then start there. <laughs> That's. I mean, it is a great a great starting point because I asked, I, and I'm sure if you did any kind of radio or any media, you know, during the lead up to the Panthers game, a lot of people were already talking about Arthur Smith's job status, and I got asked a few times, like, what would it take for? Arthur Smith to to lose his job if you don't believe that that's where it's leaning right now. And I always started kind of jokingly saying, well, you got to lose to the Panthers on Sunday. Like that's, that's what gets maybe the ball rolling and you can just un unlock a green marker and just check that off with a nice big fat green check mark because they, they did it. So that, uh, that does make sense. And it is probably a combination uh, a little bit of those, those first two, but again, you you need to show something from this offense that's been a little bit different for starters, score more points. But do you think, given what we saw from Taylor Heineke in those first two games, and I know they were kind of two completely different scenarios because looking back, I think that Arizona game, they felt almost similarly to this Panthers game in that a conservative approach was enough to win that game. 
And I think you're maybe going to see a little bit more of, of what you saw against Minnesota from a Taylor Heineke offense, but how different do you think this unit could look, or do you think it's just going to be, all right, Taylor Heineke is now at quarterback? Yeah, I don't think that the offense is going to look a lot different. I, I, I would expect them not to have a conservative game plan. I would expect them to throw caution to the wind and be more aggressive in play calling for a variety of reasons, one of which being you've just got to shake things up. I think that this team, this offense especially, is just tight as a tick mm-hmm. and doesn't have any confidence. And so what Taylor Heineke does is he rolls in there today wearing his Bush beer hoodie, not a green sweatpants, not a care in the world, says he's just going to go have fun. That's how you're, you know, that's how he's promised himself he's going to play this game. And, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, cringe at that. (coughs) But Arthur Smith at this moment in his life probably thinks my offense could use a little, let's just go out there and wing it. Um, let's loosen up a little bit. Taylor Heineke's a great quarterback for loosening everybody up. He is statistically no better than Desmond Ritter, worse in some significant areas. He hasn't turned the ball over at quite the rate, but he will give you different. He will give you a different vibe. Arthur Smith will cut it loose, and we'll see what happens. That's my guess. It, it, I mean, it it is a valid and and it's an interesting notion right because you do bring a quarterback in who kind of doesn't have this this recent stigma on him and doesn't isn't associated when your teammates look at you and it is nine minutes left in the fourth quarter people aren't saying well we've seen this movie before right and i like the what you said about maybe like heineke brings little dukes of hazard to this this offense and just they let it rip and they kind of take the restrictor plate off um a little bit so let's Let's shift to, we're going to come back to the offense, but right now let's, let's shift to Arthur Smith. And at this point in time, you know, what do you think is the most likely outcome at the end of the season regarding Arthur Smith's job status? The most likely? I think he's back. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a lot more likely. I think we're talking 52% and 48%. Okay. I, I just don't, and I, and, and I don't say that because, I think that Arthur Blank is super happy with the way things are going or is all gung-ho. I just wonder if Arthur Blank wants to start this process all over again and go through all this again. Um, he came I've in, wondered the same thing. He came into this season sincerely liking and believing in Arthur Smith and saying that you know he didn't foresee a scenario that would lead to his firing at the end of 2023. But I guarantee you, he didn't see another seven and ten season coming, or another or six and eleven season even worse coming. So if you get to that point, he's he's got to take a hard look at it, and he's not a, you know, he's getting on in age, but you know, this is still the billionaire businessman who built all of these things. He's also not going to be overly sentimental about it, I don't think. So if it ends in a tire fire. I think he probably would feel like he had to make a he had to make a change. My guess is sitting here right now in this moment, he doesn't want to make a change, and he's hoping this team will just give him an out. <laughs> I I completely agree with you there. It does seem as you know we were all sitting here. I would talk to you during training camp, optimistic about what this team could accomplish for the first time, kind of 
with Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot in place because the plan had looked like it had been working, right? The first two years were rebuilding, but you showed the promise this year. You bring in the defensive free agents. You feel a little bit of that vibe on that defensive side of the ball. Desmond Ritter comes in, who knows, but Bajan looks right. So the reasons were there. And what I didn't see coming, and part of the reason why I think we're at this specific point in, in where we are, was the really early just growing animosity towards Arthur Smith and like everything that he was about on social media online, kind of that from the fan base, like that portion of the fan base by week six, seven, being like, get Arthur Smith out of here. I thought that if things went this way, you would be seeing that like last week and this week really reaching this fever pitch, but it's been there and it's been there for a while. So is there anything, if, if the Falcons finish 0-3, like, is there anything that they could show you, the context of those games, that that you could even make an argument for Arthur Smith coming back? Or do you think, hey, like, if you finish this year with only six wins, you're gone? Yeah, I'm not even ready to say. Uh, yes, I think that there is some could, could, in theory, be some context within an zero and three finish. I don't think it's likely. I think if I think if they're six and eleven. He's probably he's probably fired. You did the math better than I did. <laughs> but I'm not willing to say that for sure. I just mm. I do think that there are a lot of variables. And I do think that and I do think that Arthur Smith right now is probably trying to sell Arthur Blank on the fact that all right, we tried with this quarterback. I really hoped it could work. And, I, and the reason I really hoped it would work, because if you get a rookie deal, get a guy on a rookie deal, then you've got so many advantages and see if we can just get this. If this guy can be the guy, we're in great shape for X number of years. And I think maybe this guy can be the guy. And now Desmond doesn't look like he's going to be the guy. So you go back to the owner and you say, OK, I was wrong. I whiffed on that. But everything else we built around him is ready to go. This place is quarterback ready. I now know who I need. I'm going to go get this guy, whether it's a free agent, whether it's a guy in the draft that you think you can maneuver to get in position to take and say, we're going to go get that guy. We plug him into this system and away we go. So I would imagine if you're Arthur Smith, that's, you know, that's the message you're giving the owner right now. Do you think the the context, because this would then be Arthur Smith's, fourth quarterback that he's worked with and ostensibly had a whole season with. And that's very rare in the NFL. You know, head coaches usually, unless you've been around for a long time, you don't see that many quarterbacks. Although recent history, you could actually make the case that maybe the quarterbacks with seeing Mike Tomlin, seeing uh, Bill Belichick, like who have been really good for really long and regarded as among the best coaches you know, they're not immune to the impact that a quarterback can have on the wins and losses um, either. But do you think that the the argument is bolstered at all by the fact that, hey, we had Matt Ryan in year one. You kind of saw what the passing game could do with an established, even a, an aging quarterback, but an established one. Then the whole offseason with Matt Ryan happened to Sean Watson, everything that wasn't expected. And you're then pivoting to Mark Mariota, kind of tweaking this offense and, and creating a new one that fit his strengths. That, again, I think was a success, even though you didn't have a winning record. 
And this year you pivot to the quarterback that you had set up to be that successor, but it is a different quarterback and that one doesn't work out. So is that working against him or is that working for him where you say, we've already seen you with three different quarterbacks. The end result's been the same. Why do you need a fourth? Or is it, okay, your first real quarterback didn't didn't pan out, but now if you focus only on a quarterback and you've kind of built the roster up around it and you're not trying to do five things at once, we trust you to hit it. Which which way do you lean on that? Well, I mean, I, I think if I'm, it depends on who's selling the who's selling the argument. I think if uh, you make a good point, you're talking about four quarterbacks. Not a lot of people get that many bites at the apple. If I'm Arthur Smith, I'm saying, yeah, but. It was never the quarterback I really wanted. It was Matt Ryan at the tail end of his career. Everybody saw how that how that ended after he left Atlanta. And then because of the salary cap issues caused by the contract that you other idiots gave Matt Ryan, then I've got to just take who I can get. And it's Marcus. And we, you know, Marcus, we love Marcus, but Marcus is what he is. Then we get a guy in the third round who's available, who we can get cheap because we didn't have another path to a guy like CJ Stroud. So, you know, we tried to make that work and that didn't work. <clears throat> it's just whose side of that argument you want to believe. And, and we will not know the answer um, until or, um, until slash unless um, Arthur Smith gets a chance with another quarterback. Yeah, and I, I, it's, a good, it's a good draft for quarterbacks. Uh, we'll have to obviously see what the free agency and trade market, you know, looks like. But there could be a lot of different options out there. Um, so... It, do you think there's any possibility? Let's maybe flip that around. Is there a possibility that he loses his job if they finish, even if they finish three and zero? And you know, what do you think would have to happen that way? Like if they eke out these games and it's twelve to ten, right? Like I'd have to imagine again. Context matters there. No, I still I think if they win all these games, he's definitely coming back because then that only bolsters his argument that as soon as we get a quarterback in here, you know, look at look how good our culture is. We were at the bottom of the barrel we fought back we won three games now let's just get a quarterback in there and we're off to the races i think fans after because it was that way with dan quinn for for basically like two years in a row there right at the end where you'd see the team for most of the year they're out of it and then they kind of put together a strong little finish and the optimism comes back and it's like all right let's do it again next year for x y and z reasons this didn't happen and they've seen that story unfold so while i'm kind of with you and i i do I think I just put more stock in in what he accomplished in those first two years to maybe buy that that this year just didn't go as planned. And this is my segue into kind of my next question. All throughout the year, after after losses and after a lot of wins, Arthur Smith stood at the podium and said, "Look, you know, mistakes have happened. It's our job as coaches. It's my job as the head coach to figure out ways to correct these mistakes. We will correct them. We'll get it fixed, right?" And I think you could point to some things that the Falcons did find ways to get fixed, but turnovers were, were that one thing that they never could fix. And part of that is just the nature of turnovers, right? Like he's not throwing those interceptions, but let's take turnovers aside. What were some of those areas in, in your mind that just kind of throughout the season have plagued the Falcons that Arthur and his coaching staff have not really been able to quite get a, a handle on? Well, the offensive line I don't think has been as played as well as it did last the last two years, which is surprising um, because you throw – I mean, uh, you throw in a, a rookie who they drafted high, Matthew Bergeron, mm-hmm. who, they were, who they were really high on. You got the other four guys back who are making a good bit of money. I'm sorry, in three of their cases, 
and they've had all this time together. So you would have expected them to, you know, you throw Bijan into the mix. Desmond's got more experience. You would expect that group to really carry the load for those guys. And it just hasn't happened except for a couple of weeks of the year. And so they've th- been healthy. I mean, right. up until recent, like they were, they were healthy and together all throughout the year up until the last couple of games. They have failed to find any sort of secondary target at wide receiver consistently. Now, they didn't put a ton of resources into that, but you've got to find somebody. They brought in Matt Collins. They spoke really well of Cadell Hodge, who I think has produced in the very limited amount of... Yeah, they never did what they... I mean, you were right there when Arthur Smith was just like, Cadell Hodge was a guy that we thought we could identify for more... And a coach kind of never says something that like forthright about a player specifically. So we're all like, all right, Cadell Hodge, 60 targets, pencil him in, (laughs) and he's... Same role. And 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 where has he been? We've seen Bijan's usage kind of roller coaster. Like they, you know, we're gonna force Bijan this week and then we're not. And then we, you know, <clears throat> so I, yeah, the offense is the offense has been a mess. You can you can't, you know, if, if you're Arthur Smith, you're not selling yourself to get a fourth year based on the offense. You're selling yourself on all this other stuff that's that has gone a lot better. The offense has been a mess all year. The problems have been the same. They've not been fixed yet. That's a problem. Have you noticed kind of the same thing? Because I've heard this from a number of, of fans, and I've I've watched, looked for it myself, and I've seen the same thing. Have you noticed or felt like any time that Bajan comes into this game, it feels like it's an outside zone run, a stretch zone, a you know something to the perimeter, and then when Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, you know, it it's a little bit between the tackles, and I know that does feature their strengths a little bit, but doesn't that seem kind of predictable? Have you noticed the same thing? Yeah, I guess I have. I haven't run the numbers, but as you mentioned it, that, that does track with, with what we've seen. I, I think that you, they would argue you're playing to their strengths, but one of the reasons that we heard, one of the things we heard the first two years, why you draft tight end high, why you get guys like Cordero Patterson, why you bring in me, John Robinson in, is that you will not be predictable. You can use mm-hmm. those guys in lots of different ways all over the field. I don't know that we've seen that. I think we've we've seen, like you say, Bijan does the outside stuff, gets the screen passes, Cordell and Tyler come in when it's time to hammer the ball. Kyle Pitts is, you know, whether however much of his health, I don't know, but he's just not been the guy this year. There's nothing on the offense that you can say at least that has worked because nothing has worked consistently. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the the most versatile pieces, it feels like, are Tucker Fisk and Parker Hesse and those guys in that role. But yeah, I mean, outside of, of that, it does feel a little bit kind of like we've got these guys that do a bunch of different things, but really just one or two well. And so that's just how we use them, which then what's kind of the point? Um, all right, so let's wrap it up with this. You know, a, a few weeks ago during the bye middle of the season, even when Desmond Ritter wasn't doing well, there were still these flashes to speak of. There were still reasons to say, all right, we can push maybe the quarterback conversation about the future down the road a little bit because we got to see if he continues to perform well, if he can cut down on these turnovers. We can dispense, I think, with that. I I would be shocked if, if the Falcons say, run it back with Desmond Ritter and everybody's back next year. So in your mind, I mean, is, is quarterback the clear number one offseason need for this team right now? Oh yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'll be I'll be shocked if if any of the three quarterbacks on the roster this right now 
start in week one. I think that's a new player, whether that's somebody that's acquired via the draft, whether that's somebody that's acquired via free agency, whether that's somebody is coached by Arthur Smith or not. I just do not think it'll be one of the three guys on the roster right now. And let's say Arthur Smith is is the coach for you know sake of conversation because we wouldn't know what a new coach would prefer and everything. But do you think they would rather go the draft route and and let's say use that first round pick or even if there's somebody in the second that they feel comfortable is going to be there that they really really like and think is the guy? You think they would prefer to go the draft route or do you think you know we've seen Terry Fontenot's comfort in using the you know professional acquisition process as opposed to the draft process to kind of really boost this team up quickly. And that seems to be his, his background, obviously. Which way do you think they would like to acquire a quarterback? I think they'd like to acquire a quarterback through the draft simply because it's cheaper and it gives you a ton more salary cap flexibility. True. Great because point. If you're going out to get a free agent, you know, you're not you, – you, if, if, if they've identified a free agent, here's the thing. We're circling back to my point about what Arthur Smith is telling Arthur Blank. Arthur Smith is not just selling some imaginary quarterback to Arthur Blank, I would imagine. Arthur Smith is saying, I'm getting that guy next year. This is how yep. I'm going to do it. This is why I know I'm going to do it. So if you're identifying that guy to your owner, if it's a free agent, that means it's, it's an expensive free agent. Do I think Arthur Smith, you know, when he's sitting in the quarterback room, would rather be talking to a rookie or a veteran? A veteran. I don't. I think in general he is very skeptical of rookies, um, but I think that um, – I, I think that if he believes in a guy, he'll take a rookie. And if there's somebody in this class that he's identified, um, and it could, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to try to trade up to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. I don't think they will. I don't think they could. But, you know, Arthur Smith has got his own taste. We've, you know, they spent some time uh, at the University of Washington a couple of years ago um, before the Seattle game. And I, I don't know if Arthur Smith and Caleb DeBoer knew each other um, very well before that or not. But they spent a lot of time together that week. Arthur spoke very highly of that program. I know he's he follows that team closely. This mm. I have zero inside information. I'm just <laughs> I'm just talking to you about how the guy's mind works. Yeah, he's gotten to look at Michael Penix and said, "That's my guy." He could he could Arthur Smith could just as easily think Michael Penix is the best quarterback in the draft as he does Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the draft. He has his he's very much his own guy in terms of quarterback evaluation. What he looks for, what he values. So. You know, it, it doesn't have to be one of those top two guys. It could be Jaden Daniels at LSU. You know, there there are a lot of guys. Um, Bo Nix, who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah, that's been my dark horse. Again, just kind of thinking about what what do they value historically? What have they looked for? But at this point, it's very fair, I think, to call that into question. As you know, I, I think Jeff wrote about um, this week yeah. for the Athletic. Jeff Schultz, you know, kind of saying you lo- lost the benefit of the doubt there, and I would apply that to again quarterback and and you know. If, if you make that pick, if you say we don't need to take a quarterback in the first round, man, you better hope that that guy is good and good early because there's oh, yeah, going to be a lot of people saying just take the quarterback. Yeah, if they're taking a quarterback, they're taking a quarterback in the first round. And I understand that there's nobody who's buying a ticket at Mercedes-Benz Stadium um, who wants Arthur Smith to be the guy picking the quarterback. But he doesn't have to convince those people. He's only got to convince the one guy. So that's, you know, that's where I come back to, yes, he can save his job. Yes, he can be this team's coach in 2024. I'm not saying he will be, but he can, he could be. For sure. I completely agree. And I really appreciate you 
walking me and and everybody listening through all of that. So Josh, please let everybody know uh, where they can find your stuff and plug anything you got uh, coming down the pike. At the athletic, uh, you know, we're just you know we're we're gonna try to find some uh, we're fi- try to find some stories that aren't quite as um, as depressing as the same old offensive same old offensive problems as as this team heads down the stretch. And obviously, we'll keep an ear out on Arthur Smith's situation. For sure. Well, I am looking forward to spending Christmas Eve with you in Mercedes Benz Stadium watching uh, this roller coaster of a team. But I really appreciate you uh, taking the time, Josh. Thanks, Will. A big thank you again to Josh for taking the time to join me. Please go follow his work at the at the Athletic. Go follow him at Josh the Athletic. That is a tongue twister. Um, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, a little bit of a holiday schedule update. Uh, unless anything major happens in this game, or you know, if Arthur Smith gets fired, right? Then I may jump on or I would jump on in that scenario. But for a quick 15-minute podcast, otherwise, if the game is just kind of a a ho-hum victory or a loss, no podcast uh, coming up on Christmas morning. So open up your presents. Don't open up your Spotify feed because there will not be a new Believe in Falcons. Just going to kind of draw the line at Christmas. We're going to take a holiday break. Um, And so... That is just a little bit of time for us to, for Obi and I to just unwind, spend some time with our family. So the next time you will see me will be Thursday, one week from when this podcast goes up. And we will just kind of be back to our normal cadence, talking about whatever happened in the game, if it's worth mentioning. And then also just, again, kind of talking Falcons football. So that is what we've got. I I hope everybody enjoys their holidays. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you choose to celebrate. Just enjoy it. Spend time with your family. Um, eat some food. Watch some football. Open a lot of presents. The Falcons have been a little bit naughty in 2023, but it has certainly been nice doing this podcast with all of you and all of the great guests that have been kind enough to join me this year. So that is where we will end it. Please check back next week for the final episode of the 2023 season. Today's podcast, as always, was presented by Bet Online. That'll do it for me. See you guys next week. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.